following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. So you're dealing with some kind of uh, nasal infection or sinuses or what's going on there? Yeah, kind of like that, but in my dick. It's like... that's scary are you sure you're okay to do this man yeah i'm fine why like really no i'm only saying this because i'm concerned about you what are you concerned about well i mean it's mostly your physical appearance like your your eyes are a little squinty what what are you trying to say uh your speech is a little slurred okay i'm tired you seem spaced out man greg let me level with you right now okay go ahead i am rip shit high <laughs> i know i'm freaking out man well i can't drink because i'm on those antibiotics and i refuse to do this show sober well i mean you have to uh, obey the advice of your medical professional yeah he said don't drink but smoke a bunch of weed and you'll be fine you are freaking out man sounds like a primary doctor to me exactly and this is, of course, because of uh, what sinus infection. I've had uh, this sinus infection for like two weeks, dude. It's been it's been awful. I've had a ongoing. Fever. I think ongoing. I still have a little tickle in my throat, but <laughs> the antibiotics should be clearing it up. Well, I think actually happened was is that my immune system is lowered right now. It's a little compromised. Immunodeficiency. Because it turns out my body is fighting off a real bad case of uh, chlamydia. I have what's known as a venereal disease. You're a big old slut, aren't you? This is my uh, hot boy summer. Hot boy summer. Hot boy summer. I got so much puppet ass, it could be from anywhere. Hey, everyone. We're Damn That's Scary. And we're getting better at that intro every fucking time. Mine was a little slow in the uptake. My name is Micah. I'm, oh, coming, out of Re- I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada with a discharge that could only be described as my co-host. Greg, how you doing, brother? I'll drink up all the Hennessy you got on your shelf. So just let me introduce myself. Wow. Hi, I'm Greg. We are going to have at least two years of that because that song just never ends. Pronounced with an egg. <laughs> hey greg hey did you uh happen to check out stranger things well i saw seasons one two and three but i assume oh. you're talking about the newest one season four which just came out uh last week the big one. Oh boy howdy is it i've heard but i haven't seen Ooh, you are missing out my man you gotta jump on that asap do tell because dude it's incredible the very first episode of season four is like the best coming of age 80s movie and then they just <laughs> they slap you in the fucking face with horror and they okay. oh greg they really up the horror this season man they bring uh, it they fucking bring it which is to say they brought it they brought it okay yeah so but you're saying the quality has not decreased i don't understand how a show consistently gets better Probably uh, like always- a talented crew you know good writers uh, oh the Duffers. Yeah, it's probably the Duffers. The Duffers actually were tweeted by Stephen King. That sounds like about... a fucking Dr. Seuss rhyme. You're going to have to explain that one to me. Okay, well, Stephen King sent a tweet. I, you don't tweet. 
No, no, I don't. <laughs> you don't tweet. You don't twat. And I can't walk. I can't walk. <laughs> I've got a lot in common with the 1985 Genesis album, <laughs> I Can't Dance. <laughs> <laughs> They're possibly their best album. Oh, their best song. Way past their prime on that one. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> I'm a sticks guy through and through. I'm a sticks guy. <laughs> you put Come Sail Away next to any of the catalog of Genesis, and Genesis is going to come out on top on that. How about that one, man? I would fight you anytime. Your disease dead. Okay, so Stephen King tweeted to the uh, the Duffers, amazing show, absolutely love it, okay. great blend of humor, horror, whatever, something along those lines. But then he said, uh, "Why the break?" Now I don't know if you knew this. They have the first first seven episodes mm-hmm. on Netflix streaming, and then you have to wait for the eight and nine to build suspense, most likely. Uh no, the oh. Duffer brothers actually, because Stephen King said, kind of lame. Uh, the Duffers actually tweeted back saying, we're sorry, Uncle Stevie. The episodes aren't finished yet. Way to drop the ball, Duffers. You're the dependable, ugly, fat friend. Oh! Uh, yeah, so those episodes aren't done yet, but uh, we will get those at the beginning of July. All right, let's pick up the pace, Duffers. Let's see what you got. Yeah, Duffers. Oh, yeah, speaking of those guys, they're actually rumored to be the directors for the Ghost Rider series. Oh, well, here's your problem. You're spreading yourselves a little thin, Duffers. Yeah, they're going to pull an old uh, Game of Thrones thing there and just fuck their careers up. <laughs> we all saw how that turned out. You are my queen. You're a man. I should go. Yep. I love that. Game of Thrones last season was so bad that Disney fired them before they even got a chance to direct the star next Star Wars movie. Saw that coming. Hey, you remember that time when you said that that was a good season? I just wanted to like it so bad. Well, you fucked up. But yeah, so Ghost Rider series coming out. I don't think Nicolas Cage is going to be in it. And if I don't think Nicolas Cage is going to be in it, is Nicolas Cage isn't going to be in it. No, definitely not. But who do you think is going to play the titular Ghost Rider? Johnny Depp. No, 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 no. He only beats one person with chains. And it's not the infernal enemies of the night. <laughs> it's a young woman named <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> hey, man, how do you like that movie, Arachnophobia? The fuck did you just say to me? I said, how do you like that movie? Arachnophobia. Ah! Okay, so I can't talk about it. Arachnophobia. Ah! Eight legs, two fangs, and an attitude. You have no idea what arachnophobia did to me as a child. Well, it's going to do it to you as an adult because Christopher Landon is set to direct the arachnophobia remake. That movie Uh, ruined me as an individual. If we find the spider that did this, you can arrest him. To give you a, a succinct metaphor, I am the Boy Scout and arachnophobia... Is my wandering hands scout leader. Not funny. I watched that movie when I was five years old, and I still have a phobia of spiders to this day. But not the rape. 
oh no, I can get over that. That's easy. That's easy. my favorite part of arachnophobia is when. Oh, Julian oh, you Sands... got a favorite part. Okay, you really enjoyed that movie. That sounds. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Julian Sands, he grabs the the webbing. Uh, yes, he does. And then that velociraptor comes out, and he goes, "Clever girl, hold on to your butts." But yeah, so we have a uh, a remake in the works, Greg. So I can never go into a barn again. Come on, we live in the country now. It's time to work through this irrational, paralyzing terror. Hey, did you happen to check out the Pennywise, the story of it? Reluctantly, I did watch that trailer. And I have to say, it actually does look kind of interesting. I, I think so. By now, you know I'm not a huge fan of it or any of the it remakes. It's really not my cup of tea. I think clowns are stupid, not scary. But um, I would actually honestly love to know the backstory behind the production of the 1990 classic miniseries, It. Yeah. Did you know, little uh, tidbit for you, that that was originally supposed to be directed by one George Romero? Yes, I did know that. And there were supposed to be 10 fucking parts, which I think would have been kind of amazing. I definitely would have been, but I'm happy with what we got. Yeah, he ducked out to do the 1990 uh, Night of the Living Dead remake, which is just great. Oh, it's so good. Probably one of my favorite movies ever. Got Tony Todd up in that bitch. Patricia Tallman in the lead. Tom Savini doing the effects. Bill Mosley. Was he in that? Yeah, he was in the opener. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, he was the guy. Yeah. Yeah, what a good movie. He had driving gloves on. I mean... Driving gloves are they're they're all right. They're cool. You can do yeah, that. They're, yeah, they're cool. They're you gotta cool. be a real specific kind of guy to really pull them off. But yeah, you know, I fucking I wish Bill Mosley had like he, he did like audio books. Audio books. If he did an audio book, what would you want? What would be your first choice? Fifty Shades. I kind of knew you were going there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's actually right. kind of weak though because of the whole Gilbert thing. But still. I was thinking more like Diary of Anne Frank. That's I mean, not funny. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, no. I mean, I <laughs> really get emotional about it. Some Tom Clancy. Yeah, really teach me something. Wow. Okay. Yeah, dude, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited about this documentary. I think it's going to be good. This is the the same people that did uh, Leviathan, the documentary on Hellraiser 1 Hellraiser. and 2, which, is, which was actually a really good documentary. It was a very good documentary, yeah. Anyone who hasn't seen it, check that shit out. It's worth the watch. I like it because they get everybody that was involved that's still alive. They get like, the full story. Yeah, I mean, like I can't really get a Ouija board out and talk to John Ritter. What do you think he'd say? I, I think John Ritter would say, "Oh come on, oh come on." Yeah, dude, and then I. Uh, we talked about this a while ago, but we haven't really discussed it in a, in a, in some time. Hmm. I'm talking about Blumhouse's the exorcist. Oh yeah. Apparently actress Ellen Burstein who played uh, the I'm mom. I'm pretty sure it's Burstein. Burstein. Burst, Burstin. Bruce. Burstin. Bruce Springsteen. Ellen Burstin. Steen. Ellen Bruce Springsteen and the East Ellen Bruce, yeah. actress Ellen Bruce Springsteen, who played Reagan's mom from the original Exorcist, of course, is reprising her role. I I, I thought she was dead years ago. <laughs> this is news to me. Yeah, right. Travis Scott raised her from her grave <laughs> and crowd surfed her across his audience. 
<laughs> and then she went and filmed these scenes in the exorcist yeah. yeah so her scenes are done so the exorcist is apparently in production i'm ready yeah. for it david gordon green is directing the film who we know from halloween fame so of course uh, it's in solid hands i yeah okay you sure. sound incredulous yeah eh, i mean come on man you saw that evil dies tonight movie oh you're talking about that halloween yeah yeah you know what i'm not excited about this anymore (laughs) (laughs) you just pissed in my lemonade yeah how's it just took a big old shit on my birthday cake how's it taste well it tastes like poo this is a hard pill to swallow how's your faith these days father how's your faith these days it's gone i'll still watch it i'll still see it but eh. oh yeah same it's just cool that she's back in this and it's not yeah. an actual remake it's apparently another movie called reimagining the, the good old soft reboot they did it with scream 5 they did it with halloween 2018 they can't call uh, I mean, her Reagan the... anymore because that's too Republican. So it's going to be way uh, too Republican. A little, little child uh, named uh, Barack. Yeah. So there's no date set yet for The Exorcist, but we're assuming it's coming out next year, 2023. That's about the best we can do. Also, uh, if you're coming to us for pertinent dates or news, God bless you. <laughs> that's all I can say. I'm really high. I can see that. Your head isn't even on straight. Right. Yep. Fix yourself, man. Okay, there we presentable. go. presentable. We're recording hey, a show here. That upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, okay. uh, they just released some footage. It's a side-by-side, kind of like how we are on the Zoom call right now, okay. uh, of the 1974 movie and gameplay. And holy fuck. They have the whole Sawyer, the farmhouse, all that shit, the land, the inside, the bones on the wall. Everything is to a fucking T, and it looks incredible it is meticulously perfect yes they are doing a great job on this and i cannot wait to see this come to fruition oh magnificently perfect just like joan rivers all you psychopaths out there who can't wait to step into the shoes of a big old chainsaw wielding daniel day lewis (laughs) your dreams are about to come true do we have a release date for that one nope 2025 probably february (laughs) <laughs> let's go with that yeah sure but hey before we get into uh that uh that time that we say we're sorry i just want to let all of our listeners know that david fucking cronenberg's new movie is out this weekend everybody has to go see it it's in theaters it is crimes, crimes of, of the, the future. future give your money to horror this is a guy worth supporting his pedigree is fucking flawless never a bad film from the man never being completely realistic uh this episode isn't going to come out until next week (laughs) so uh we might be a little late with that announcement but uh for anyone but when you hear this go see it let us know how it was i'm actually i'm seeing it tomorrow mike i think you said you had plans to do that too i have plans to see i'm gonna text you in the middle of it and it's just gonna be like emojis probably a lot of eggplants maybe a cucumber okay that that water splash a little hot dog. The big, I'm going to send, I'm gonna send you deep-related emojis. That's what I'm getting at. Um, I like good phallus emoji. Because I, I won't be able to actually like write anything because I'll be watching the movie. I can tell you understand. What I really hope that we have in Crimes of the Future is another full frontal flight scene from Vigo Mortensen. My fingers are crossed. 
if he's fighting off big Russians or Cronenberg fleshy monsters with fucked up appendages, I'm here for it. But he's got to be naked. I have a feeling this is going to be a very fleshy movie just based on the premise. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so fleshy. Very fleshy. It's going to be surgery. There's going to be sexuality. It's going to be all the body horror that you know and love from Mr. Cronenberg. This is his first foray into this style of horror since what? Like 2004 or five, the early 2000s? Oh, God. Yeah, it's been a long time since he's done body horror, huh? Yeah, he's been doing some dramas. He's been doing some crime thrillers. And I'm not yeah. saying those weren't amazing because he's a great director. Oh, it's incredible. But this one, this is back to his, uh, back to his forte. Did you know that Cronenberg kind of like muscled his way into Jason X? Did you know he, he directed RoboCop? Yeah, he's like, I've always wanted to be in a Jason movie. Put yeah. me in it. And they're like, oh, we don't really have a... I'm David fucking Cronenberg. Put How me about in Jason it. fiddles around with his organs for a little while and also comes? <laughs> <laughs> but when he comes, there's blood in it. How about instead of stabbing his victims, he just kind of like mushes their, uh, their stomach around for a while with his fingers <laughs> and then penetrates them and then just spooge goes everywhere. Yeah, then James Wood shows up and he's naked and he's fighting Viggo Mortensen. Cracks out and everybody's amazed by it. Yeah, everyone's just blown away because everyone's like, oh, is that James Woods? Is that James Woods' dick? Oh, that's real, baby. They didn't know prophetic. That give you wood, Padre? A little mahogany? Mahogany. Mahogany. Mahogany is a serious wood, man. That's a that's a professional's wood. Oh yeah, you cannot break mahogany over someone's head. Oh, you don't just fuck around with mahogany. Like it's, no, it's no, 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 no. It is a very you gotta be. I think to even handle mahogany, you have to have like some type of license. Yeah, yeah, or at least a special glove. Well, Greg, before we get into the movie, concluding Mumbai. Oh. Yes, I know it's June. We know it's June, but God damn it, we were having fun with those fucking mummies. Mummy is really pretty fucking awesome, isn't it? I just want to apologize, Greg. Come on, Greg. Shit. Again? Yeah. Okay. Per tradition, I'll go first. I would like to apologize to the Italians. All of them? Every one of them. Especially the ones that are in Italy. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what? I think it might just be Italy itself. I, I, das Boot. Yeah, Stas Boot. I'm not going to say that all of the men slap the women in the face, but a good majority of oh. you do. Uh, I've seen all those Argento films, uh, and uh, recently, as I talked about last week, mm-hmm. say hello. Yeah, well, which I, leads me to that. I, I thought I think we agreed that, that we'd never mention that again, but I, I, this is part of my apology. Okay. I'm sorry that I even brought the movie up. And I'm also sorry that I compared all the Italians to the cast of this movie. I'm pretty sure it was like 99% historically accurate, but continue. Oh, fuck, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happened a lot in Italy. Oof. That's a big part of their history. Well, Allegedly. I'm sorry that that happened to you, Italy. And I'm sorry that you made Salo. And I'm sorry that you slap all the women. Mm. But they fall madly in love with you afterwards. Yeah, so I guess it's a happy ending after all, right? This is a, It's almost like a Disney movie living in the Italian countryside. Yes. Well, I feel better now, Greg. Okay. Yeah, me too.
So I guess it's my turn. Yes. So I'm going to apologize this week to Ray Romano, Kermit the Frog, <laughs> Pee Wee Herman, and Marshall Mathers for declaring you the four horsemen of the Ejacupocalypse <laughs> last episode. Regardless of whether this fact is true or not true, I just want to play it safe and ensure that when the hilarious and noisy apocalypse comes, I will be raptured to eternal paradise rather than damned to a wasteland full of weird and wild ear rape at the hands of four of the wackiest sounding motherfuckers this side of hell. I apologize. Please don't hurt me. The end. Good. Good. Thank you. Yes, very good. Oh, boy, oh, boy, Greg. This is the end of Mummy. Sad but true. Just like Jimmy Hetfield said. Yep, he said, Mama said. And Mama said, damn that scary. We want you to do The Mummy. Part three. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Possibly the best of the series? No, not at all. Okay, Um, yeah, it's a debatable point, I suppose. We're going back to 2008, which I believe is about six years after The Mummy Returns. Now, The Mummy, Greg and I are both seeing eye to eye with this. 1999's The Mummy is a jam. Oh, it's a beautiful picture. Love it. But we're talking about 2008, which I would call probably the heyday of Rob Cohen, director of The Mummy Part 3, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, a.k.a. Uncharted for Dummies. Uncharted for dummies, you say? Or Uncharted for mummies. Just terrible. Oh, very good. Yeah, I got jokes. As you mentioned, this is directed by Rob Cohen, Mm -hmm. who is also a producer. Rob Cohen is best known for directing Dragonheart. Oh, good. that one? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Starring Christian Slater and Henry Cavill. Cavill? Cavill? Cavill. Um, vile yeah yeah well regardless he was definitely in that movie go ahead well anyways uh and he's also known for producing such movies as the running man and who could forget triple x state of the union hey let's not act like the running man isn't fucking hot shit oh the running man is incredible beautiful film you got your sub-zero he is sub-zero now regular zero plain zero got jesse ventura all right. Please bear with us. We're experiencing technical difficulties. Bullshit! <laughs> yeah, so that's just a couple of things that Rob Cohen did, and he directed this movie replacing the uh, director from the first two films because he wanted nothing to do with this movie. I can see why. Oh, can you? Yeah, the script isn't great. No, not at all. But before we get into the film itself, Greg! Greg! They did manage to get many of the original stars by which i mean maybe two or three from the first two films the best two films in the franchise but we'll start with the titular dragon emperor played by jet lee and i say the word played pretty casually because he's probably in this film for maybe a minute and a half and the rest of it is just all cgi his contract was lucrative for the oh, absolutely. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jet Li plays the evil Chinese emperor, the universally hated mummy, 
He's a chariot race champion and also a wizard. Yep. He's also pretty much only in the opening scene. Jet Li got a lot of money for very little work in this film. Oh, yeah. Good for him. Right. I think he was at the height of his popularity in 2008. Yeah, definitely. Coming straight off of Romeo Must Die, which is a very sentimental picture for me. To do the popcorn trick? Oh! <laughs> oh, imagine getting a kernel and stuck in your urethra. Yeah, it probably feels like chlamydia. <laughs> you probably have some antibiotics for that. <laughs> so next we have Z Yuan. Yuan? Yuan? Z Yuan. Z Yuan. The witch. She is a deceitful sex fiend who dooms an entire emperor. Entire emperor. By turning its ruling class into poo. <laughs> yeah, they just turned to shit. That's pretty much what her role was, right? Yeah. And then, of course, I mean, we probably could have put this uh, a little bit sooner, but Brendan Fraser. Yay! Fraser, Fraser, Fraser. America's sweetheart. The wisecracking Indiana Jones light. Kind of a dime store Nathan Drake. He's a gunslinger, a stunt driver, a fist fighter, a badass, and a coxman. True coxman. One of the best. Because, of course, his wife, Evie, Played in this film by Maria Bello for the first time. Yeah. A little bit of a switcheroo. A little weird. Yeah, it used to be Rachel Weiss. 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 Played by Rachel Weiss in the first two films. She is Brendan's partner in crime, a best-selling author, a kickboxer, a sword fighter, a descendant of Egyptian royalty, lest us not forget. And a replacement actress. Good for her. Really? She kind of kills it. She uh, she of, was one of the better parts of the movie. One of the things that I've noticed, one of the more positive traits of this shitty, shitty movie was that Maria Bello puts in a lot of effort to emulate Rachel Weiss from the earlier yes. films. And she, she does a great job. Just do her own thing. She does a great job. So then next we have Professor Wilson that we all recognize from the earlier mummy movies. He is a fat old man, a bumbling sidekick, a turncoat, a scumbag, and he is prone to losing his cool movement man. Oh, stop it. (laughs) I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Did I? I think I might have. (laughs) Next, we have Alex Fraser. Fraser. Son of Brendan. He's an archaeologist, an independent adventurer, a mummy raiser, a true coxman, and an exact copy of Brendan. And I will note, for some reason, in part three, little Alex no longer has a British accent. He's been Americanized. Turns out he's just a totally different guy. But he's old now. Sure. He more or less plays the Brendan Fraser, Fraser... Uh, role in this film that was filled by the real Brendan Fraser two movies ago. <laughs> Does this make sense? Are you, is that makes perfect this? sense yeah, to me. Okay. Yes, yes. Alright, so let's go right ahead to Lynn, the female ninja. She is Alex's love interest and physical rival. Also a possible immortal witch. 
and a Yeti whisperer. By that I mean she whispers to Yetis. You know those Yetis were fucking right. Yeah, kind of like I, I didn't want to really go there, but it's kind of implied, right? They had, they had to be. To, to just like drop everything at the drop of the hat and come to her aid like that. You can't just command them for no reason, right? You have to have some sort of control over them. And yeah, yeah. it's most likely sexual. And as Prince used to say, it's pussy control. I would never question anything Prince has ever said. Never forget how horny Prince was. Never forgive. Never forget Purple Rain. Prince. 1984. And then we have Nigel, who we all know and love. He is the British sidekick from the last two movies. He is Evie's brother, a bumbling a comic relief character, a reluctant hero, and probably a big old homo sapien. Greg, it's Pride Month. And then there's General Yang, who is a Chinese Nazi and mummy simp. That's about all there is to his character. Yeah, that's really it. He's just kind of in and out. Yeah, he's just evil. He's a bad guy. Yeah. And last but not least, a little character that we call Mad Dog. He is a pilot, a former cohort of Brendan's, a wild card, an alcoholic, a total psychopath, a yak lover. He's also Davos from Game of Thrones. He definitely is Davos from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Thank God he's he's the best part of this movie. But I always I always just enjoy that type of character, the sure. the zany like. Like, uh, uh, oh, what's his nuts who is in Armageddon, who is in the Mir space station? Like, I show you how we fix things in Mother Russia. Or uh, Ernest Borgnine from Escape from New York. Yeah, he's, he's a guy. real mermaid man. Yeah, real. <laughs> I, just, I just love that Ernest Borgnine was in, like, that fucking basketball movie. That was a good movie. It was a great movie. So with that said... My friend, my co-host, my co-hunt. Let's get right into the plot. We start with, how many years ago was it? Several hundred. Let's Several hundred years ago, we get a narrator. Sounds kind of like uh, Laura, Laura Croft, if you ask me. We open with Chinese Emperor Jet Li fighting off would-be assassins. Because his people hate him for his tyranny. But it turns out that Emperor Jet Li is a total badass and just oh. bores the shit out of everybody who tries a motherfucker. He bores the surrounding kingdoms as retribution and becomes emperor of everything. Literally everything. He enslaves everyone and forces them to build a great wall. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah. Somehow he also learns magic. Yeah, he turns into a real avatar and vows to defeat death itself. And how does he do that? Well, one day he finds a powerful witch who is rumored to know the secret to eternal life. And he sends her out with his favorite general to a secret library full of secrets. Well, if there's one thing I know about secret libraries full of secrets, they sure make me horny. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So... General Ming goes with her, but is forbidden to fuck by Emperor Jet Li. So, of course, fuck he does. Yes. And the witch is pleased. 
This makes Emperor Jet Li very jealous, and he has General Ming drawn and quartered. Woo! That was pretty cool. He then stabs the witch, saying, Go to hell, and you take Ming's dirty dick with you. Yeah, but I also like that she kind of just fucks off with a sword stabbed in her belly. Naturally, this stabbed witch curses the shit out of the emperor and his men, melting him into a big old pile of actual feces. Yeah, just diarrhea. It was like that scene from Gate 2 where everything just turned to shit. And he's going to be that way forever? Question Question mark? mark? Who fucking knows? And this is where we get the title screen. The Mummy 3 Tomb of the Poop Emperor. Oh, the Tomb of the Dragon. Who gives a fuck? And we find our hero, Brendan Fraser. Fraser? Fraser? Fishing away in a stream. And uh, I actually love this scene. This is the best part. And then after this, it just all, all goes downhill for me. Well, he's not really fishing in the conventional sense. He's using his, his pistols. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah, he Shoot shoots a bunch fish. of fish. And then he returns to his massive palatial home where he lives with his beautiful wife, Evie. Evie, who is currently on a book tour for The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. And they actually make a point of lampshading the fact that it's actually a totally different actress. Absolutely. I do love that scene where, oh, is it somebody in the audience was just like, when you write this person, did you write it as yourself? And what did she say? I wrote it as a completely different person. Or like, I feel like a totally different person. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, something like that. How could you not appreciate that? I mean, obviously, you're watching this movie. You know Rachel Weiss has not returned to the role. So why not even pretend? It's like you're casting somebody other than Linda Hamilton to play Sarah Connor. Exactly. Maybe not to that level, but still. Maybe for the TV series, we're going to be Cersei Lannister for a couple episodes. Shut up, shut up. It's all your fault. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. Fuck, it's all your fault. Don't hurt my daddy. So Frazier and his wife discuss the joys of retirement. And they talk a little bit about their dipshit son, who is supposedly somewhere off in school. They're not really totally sure. No, they really don't know what he's doing. I'm always kind of confused as to what age their son is. I was thinking like 20-something, college age. Okay, that's what I was thinking too. But the important thing about this scene is that Evie has writer's block, and Brendan gets cock-blocked. Ew. Although... Within about two minutes, Evie decides she wants to get down after all, but Brendan falls asleep. He took a trip to Snoozeville. This is a little bit of the humor in the movie where she comes in the room like, oh, Mr. President. Uh, But, you know, he's sound asleep snoring. She clearly has the lust for adventure again. And I think he does, too. This is like a prologue to the first two movies where they're just kind of they're getting back on their feet. Yeah, they're a regular old Terry Funk. But with that out of the way, we have their son, Alex, and his friend, Wilson, who we all remember. They're exploring a Chinese mummy tomb. Yeah, uh, apparently they have those. That's kind of a big thing over there, I guess. Uh, Apparently. They find a large hall full of cursed statues. 
and they watch one by one as their henchmen get fucked up by traps. And this was one of the most entertaining parts of this film was watching these guys get poisoned, get their face melted. They get shot by crossbows. There's boulders hitting them. It's a whole Indiana Jones sequence while they infiltrate this tomb. It's like if Pee Wee Herman was Jigsaw. That makes sense. I guess that's apparently, that's what a Chinese tomb is. It is just a fun house of terror. Just Pee Wee's fun house. Yeah. Of terror. You're fucked. Yeah, you're just going to have to watch him jerk off. Do not infiltrate. So after getting past all this intricate levels of traps, they solve an uncharted compass puzzle to reveal a secret trap door under which Alex finds the Emperor Jet Lee in his poop shell. I love that. It was like, it was almost like a Resident Evil thing. Like you got to add water to this and the door will open. If I have the right item in my inventory, I can pour it into the thing and then point it towards North. And then a giant pit's going to open up. We're going to go into a different chamber. And that's our goal. Turns out they find the emperor. But in spite of all of their efforts, they get ninja. Ninja! Cobra Kai! But of course, it was revealed that the ninja is actually a pretty smoking hot babe. She's like a six-year-old Asian girl. (laughs) Pretty smoking hot. Pretty smoking hot. Pretty smoking hot. Babe. They fight for a long time. Eventually, little Alex Frazier gets the upper hand, and our little ninja warrior retreats off into the distance. No longer a threat. And what we have left is just the frozen emperor. Encased in shit. (laughs) So naturally, by some random providence, we cut to both Brendan and Evie, the Frasers, coming into possession of something called the Eye of Shangri-La, which is a giant diamond encased in a tiny mesh. The Eye of Shangri-La was the six Jokers card dropped by the insane clown posse, right? I trust you with that information. I'm pretty sure you're correct. Whoop, whoop. Okay, let's do it. And they are given the mission to return this Eye of Shangri-La to China for what I assume is diplomacy. I don't don't actually totally understand why they're doing this. Yeah, diplomacy. Yeah, probably just diplomacy, right? They don't explain that. I just need a reason to go to China. Yeah, because we need a new setting. It's well, like, hey, because that's where Egypt their son is. is. That's yeah, where the well, mummy that, is. That's go. where uh, that's where Evie's brother is. We'll soon find uh-huh. out. So we got to get these bitches to China. So give them a stone, send them over. Get on a fucking plane, Brendan Fraser. You got a mission to do. Finding Evie's brother over there is kind of like spending the weekend in Dubai and finding your ex named Aiden. Do you have an ex named Aiden? Nah, that's just plot to Sex in the City Part 2. How familiar are you with the plot to Sex in the City Part 2? More than I'd like to admit. You know, that hat's getting creepier by the second. You're being a real Samantha, okay? So they meet both Nigel and their son Alex at a swinging Chinese nightclub. A big fight breaks out over Alex's wandering wiener. But fortunately, Brendan Fraser bails him out because his best friend is the father of the girl that his son dicked down. 
And I hope that all made sense. It's a little complicated. It's a little convoluted, but who really cares? All that's important here is that we got them all in the same setting. We got them all together. All you're going to forget that entire little subplot. Fucky fuck right there. Oh, in yeah. a matter of minutes. Doesn't mean anything. Means nothing. Amounts to literally fuck all as far as the plot is concerned. Because without further ado, some Chinese Nazis assemble to steal the Eye of Shangri-La from the Frasers. And I have to say, an army seems kind of like overkill. If this is really what you're going to do, you got to take just a gemstone from a family of like four people, maybe even three. I don't know how many. Yeah, this is like a field trip. So they, uh, they put together an entire Chinese army to fight them and take their possessions. And also, is this where we have a double cross here with uh, uh, Wilson? Oh, hijinks naturally ensue. And through an unfortunate series of events, Emperor Jet Li is revived by the magical gemstone. Yeah, how they do that, it's stupid. It's something about having a pure heart, Bunch blood. Of Somebody, yeah, who gives a fuck? You knew he was going to be summoned. It didn't matter if it was a fucking puzzle. It didn't matter if it was a math equation. It, 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 not, none of it fucking mattered. All that mattered is that we're getting Jet Li. Who cares how fucking stupid it is how they fucking set him free out of his encased shit? This movie sucks. Well said. But like you mentioned, Wilson betrays the Fraser family. Chinese Hitler uses Evie's blood to open the cage around the stone. And here come the mummies. Yay, we got mummies. We finally got mummies in this fucking mummy movie. I just love how fucking easy it is to start these fucking mummies up. Sure. And I just also love the, the little quips right there where they're just like, oh, here we go again. And like, <laughs> oh, these mummies. They're very aware that the audience is watching the third Mummy movie in a series of Mummy movies. Hey, hey, are you guys Mummy magnets? Because you seem like Mummy magnets. This is what you guys came for, right? Like, uh, there's finally a Mummy coming here. There's finally a Mummy in this Mummy movie. And they really hammer that in that this is their third time dealing with Mummies. I mean, why not? I think this was well played, honestly. I mean, this is also their third time, but technically it was the same fucking mummy from the first time. So that's just like one mummy. This is the second mummy they it's had to the deal with. It's the same goddamn plot, man. Every mummy movie has the same goddamn plot. You excavate a fucking ruin. You find a body there. You fuck up somehow, and it comes to life. That is the mummy movie fucking story. I've yet to see them deviate from that in any mummy movie ever. Bingo, bango, wanna bang yo. This time that's, it's in China. Exactly, yeah, Fuck yeah, that. sure. We had to make it cool. Jet Li was at the height of his fame. So let's fucking throw these goddamn mummies in China. First, the bronze horses come to life. Then Jet Li himself busts out of his petrified poo shell. And he breathes fire like a goddamn dragon. Oh, the CGI in this is just. Oh, it's ugh. atrocious. It was probably okay for the time. I mean, this was... uh, I don't know. know. It was better than the second one, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's true. Because that was terrible. Kill the Scorpion King! (laughs) Send his army back to the underworld! (laughs) 
Jet Li wastes no time decapitating Wilson. He fucking deserved it. And he flees the scene on his magical chariot. Yeah, that's right. He took off on that magical chariot, but he grabbed his side bitch, General Sal, and they took off in the night. Obviously, it's Chinese New Year, because what other day would it be while this is going on? Yeah, so of course they commandeer the only truck that's loaded to the brim full of fucking fireworks. There's fireworks everywhere. There's They're so going much off fireworks. up and down the street. There's explosions. It's a fucking wild ride. It's like, you know what? This movie kind of sucks so far, so we're going to have ourselves a fun little chase scene. We finally uh, get the video game chase scene that we've been waiting for because you know what, this, dude? Is, uh, this yeah. is just an Uncharted fucking movie. I fucks with chase scenes. I love chase scenes. I'm such a slut for a good chase scene. It does go on a little long, though, I will say. Hey, they, this one does, but this they throw, they're shooting at Jet Li. Jet Li's breathing his fucking fire. Oh, yeah. General Shao's popping shit off. It's, it's something with like the ninja lady and Alex. They go flying through uh through some bullshit. They slide across the fucking street like Halle Berry and Catwoman. A horse gets decapitated. Yes. Lynn gets shot, but suspiciously doesn't die. And Jet Li throws his face at someone. And eventually everything explodes. That's the best part that he ripped his own poop clay face off to throw it at Alex. I'd like to take his off. Yeah, it's a power move right there. You want to take his Yes. His Okay. Eventually, everyone regroups. Brendan ices his balls. Lynn explains the only way to kill Emperor Jet Li is with her special cursed killing dagger. This is the easiest fucking script. Yeah, this plot really doesn't have a whole lot to it. They're like, guess what? We raised this mummy. Now we got to kill this mummy. This is like a Power Rangers movie. Yeah, it's a Which I love. I love movie. Power Rangers movies, but hey, just... I love this movie, but it's very stupid. It's very stupid. So she agrees to guide them to Shangri-La, which apparently is a very easy thing to do. She's like, hey, Shangri-La, I know exactly where that is. Why don't you just follow me? We'll take care of this mummy shit. No problem. Yeah, she pulled it up on Google Maps. Because this is Boom. the only way to stop the mummy from achieving eternal life. So, of course, they call up Brendan Fraser's best friend, Mad Dog. Arroo! Mad Dog! And, of course, he picks him up in a plane, and they crash land straight into the Himalayas and begin their latest world-saving world mummy adventure. The plane crash also had some of the worst humor ever. It was... Uh, oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was just so cringy that it was full of yaks. And uh, what was it? The yak threw up. And it was, oh, the yak yaked. Yeah, it was kind of racist. The yak said the N-word. <laughs> so they camp in some ominous Himalayan ruins. At this point, Alex awkwardly brags about how many women he's fucked to his own mother. And I could only think, hey, man, not so cool. You've never had that conversation with your mom about how much pipe you've laid? Nope. How much pipe you crushed? Uh-uh. How much clam you crammed? No, sir. Well, you don't think she'd be proud? What are you, my dad? So Alex and Lynn have their own Indiana Jones and Winnie moment. And the sexual tension is both thick and moist. Oh, it is 
muggier than a Florida night, dude. They're talking about, oh, of course I don't like you. Why would you like me? We have nothing in common. You like boys? I like girls? This is never going to work out. You're pretty badass. I'm badass. We could both fight. Ah, it's not going to happen. We're both a couple of early 20-somethings in our sexual prime. Hey. Why wouldn't we just hump on this adventure? Wait, you got a penis? I got a vagina? Let's make like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, huh? <laughs> Why would that ever happen? But yeah, I guess what? Eventually it happens. Yeah, they're going to fuck. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, everyone enters Shangri-La. Because it turns out you can just do that. Yeah, it's really easy. You no can just walk deal. up some mountains. You can enter the gate. You're just like, hey, hello, Shangri-La. Turns out it's really not crowded here. I'm the only one that found you. Piece of cake. Brendan brags about his single-action army revolver to his son. And I have to note here, he incorrectly refers to it as a peacekeeper. Yeah? It's a peacemaker. Oh. Notable for the show of the same name, starring John Cena with an incredible soundtrack. If you haven't heard it yet, fucking check it out. Do you really want to taste it? I do. Yeah. Wait five days till the antibiotics do their work. Yeah, nothing like a good old father-son gun off. They have a little bit of a debate regarding what's better, power or experience. And, uh, you know, the metaphor is pretty loose. Yeah, that's, again, the writing. Fast and loose. Well-written script, if you ask me. Yep. Power Rangers movie. So their master plan, apparently, is to just blow the whole place to an icy hell. So they rig up a bunch of explosives. But of course, in the middle of it, the Chinese Nazi army arrives and an Uncharted-esque gunfight ensues. Very reminiscent of The Rock. And I mean the movie starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, of course. Ed, what, what else would you be talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, not, not Dwayne. The Chinese Nazi, of course, have the high ground, but still manage to get picked off one by one by Brandon and his ragtag group of mummy raiders. Oh, yeah. Nigel himself manages to fuck up the dynamite fuse like a dipshit, but the Fraser family kills like 150 teenage Chinese soldiers. It is ridiculous. They it is it's... so many people. They end the lives of so many young, somewhat innocent uh, military kids. The kids. It's... These were kids ta- like stolen from from villages, you know? Like, like this they is... didn't have a choice but to enlist yeah. in military service. You're basically killing first order stormtroopers right yeah. now. Yeah, Brendan and Evie ruin families in this scene and the best part is is how many of these people they've killed throughout the films they don't even care they don't even care they're not living with the ghost uh they're not living with the guilt nope they're shooting no it's they're laughing about shooting fish for dinner it turns out these the uh the fraser family are sociopaths they're fucking monsters but clearly are the greatest thing and i think the most ironic thing about the script writing here is that once you realize what monsters they actually are, their party is crashed by an even greater monster, which is the Himalayan Yeti. Yeah, the Yeti! And I think this is just a big old uh, metaphor for the bullshit 
that is the murderous lives of the Frazier family. The Yetis are the anger. They're the rage. They're the bloodlust. The absolute bloodlust. But fuck all that shit, too, because uh, you know for a fact that deep down these Yetis are fucking Ninja Lady, as we documented earlier. Well, yeah, it turns out that Ninja Lady is actually the Yeti Whisperer. She speaks their language. Yeah, she's like part Yeti or some shit. Yeah, we'll learn more about that in a little bit, I guess. You know what? Me thinks that there's more to meets the eye with this lady. And so does Evie. Mm. She's been suspicious this whole time. She's been sus. Yeah. Brendan almost gets killed by the Chinese Nazi top man. (laughs) As he's fighting him, as he's about to be murdered with a boot, a perfectly timed Yeti, shows up, grabs this guy by the fucking neck, and throws him in a perfect football spiral down the stairs of Shangri-La. And I'm assuming he just dies forever? I'm assuming that it shattered every bone in his body, and he laid there yeah, he in goes for agonizing a pain. He goes for a serious ride at yes, the hands of does. his Yeti. But yeah, eventually, he'll be dead forever. Go fuck yourself. And this is where Emperor Gently uses his ice magic to fuck up the Yeti's day. All of them. He diffuses the dynamite by dumping snow on it, which I have to note does not work. I really. don't think that. You no. cannot do that. You cannot do You're that. not going to put out a fuse of a little bit of snow, Mr. At Gently. At the same time, though, the name of this movie is The Mummy 3. Yeah, it's a, it's a third part. Exactly. In a series that had one good movie. Yeah, The Mummy 3, Rise of the Machines. Hi, I'm Chief Master Sergeant William Candy. I kind of like Terminator 3. I don't know about that accent. It was better than Terminator 4. It was better than Terminator 5. It was better than Terminator 6. Better than Terminator 7. It was better than Terminator 8. It was better than the Sarah Chronicles. Wait, fuck. So Brendan Fraser eats a mummy knife in his back to save his beautiful son, Alex. Just as the Emperor Mummy places the diamond in its appropriate stand, an avalanche starts. I love that we had to get the whole father-son bond there by the father sacrificing himself to save his son. This is uh, where it all goes to hell. This movie went to hell like at like 45 minutes ago. Yeah, but their whole plan is crumbling. Everything is fucking snow is coming down the mountain. They're all getting fucking washed away. Oh, there's so much snow. The, the Emperor is winning. Yeah, he is. But when they all recover from this avalanche, they're now all best friends with a family of yetis. So that'll probably come in handy in the future, right? Like they can probably, uh, you know, make some kind of use of that. Yeah, sure. Nope. Never comes back again. The yetis are gone. We're done with yetis. Who cares? You you can only call on the yetis once. Turns out, Brendan is fucked. And his injury is final. I broke my back. Final. Final. So their only chance to revive him is to return to Shangri-La. The only problem is that it's now full of mummies. Yeah, Emperor Jet Li's got his whole posse with him. So when they get back to Shangri-La, they meet up with Wu Jin, or whatever the fuck her name is. The witch. Oh, that's right. Turns out that's Lin's fucking mom. Wait, 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 Greg. How does that work? <laughs> Who would have expected that? It turns out they have spanned centuries. 
Yep. They're both immortal witches. They've been alive for a long fucking time. This real this is a big gaping plot hole in the whole thing. Yeah. Just like Joan Rivers. Big old gaping plot hole. Yep. So Emperor Asshole crashes the party once again. He gains immortality through some kind of CGI magic. Doesn't fucking matter. Ah, he dropped in one of those Lazarus pits from Batman. Sure. And he immediately becomes the Gleok from The Legend of Zelda. Oh, I went with King Ghidorah. Pretty much the same thing, right? Three-headed yeah, dragon, totally. spitting fire, giant badass mutation. He is no longer his original homo sapien corporeal shell. He is a beast. He's more animal than man. Would you say he is finally the dragon emperor? <laughs> oh, I think it's come to fruition. This is the only time we're going to see him as a dragon, too. Oh, yeah. The titular dragon. It lasts about maybe 20 seconds. I don't know. He could have scorched everybody if he just stayed like a fucking dragon and the movie could have been over. Instead, he makes more use of his wings to fly far, far away, forcing our heroes to chase him in a plane. And where would they find that plane? But mad dog it turns out they need to call upon the skills of mad dog once again because jetly has stolen lynn i think it was he's stolen lynn like he's fucking snidely whiplash and he's taking her back to his tomb our heroes hop in a plane ridiculously fast and give chase it takes literally no time they're already in the air before you can even blink your eyes and they're on their way back to the Emperor's tomb yeah, to save to, the stolen child, Lin. Back to Cairo. They're going in the vicinity of the Great Wall, which we'll find out soon enough. Oh, yeah, we will. And, of course, Quan Chi, or whoever the fuck her name is, the witch, once again, uh, she has a master plan to resurrect all the buried soldiers underneath the Great Wall, all the servants, all the workers. She's ready to get them to fight on her side. And she has yeah. magic ready to go. Yeah, so they pop up like a terrible CGI'd army of darkness. This kind of oh, looks awful. like, this almost looks like the I Am Legend CGI. Yeah. The Emperor races his own army of turret soldiers, and the epic battle is on! Can <laughs> we fucking honest here, man? I yeah. do not give a shit who wins at this point. I don't oh. care about any of this. We have CGI army versus CGI army. Some of them are turds. Some of them are skeletons. Who fucking cares? This and is there's all, a, uh, as this is going so on, typical. there there's a lot of close calls. There's a lot of one-on-ones. Oh, it's awful. Uh, I, the witch gets bored. Sure. Uh, Jet Li gets bored. Emperor Lee and Chow Yun-Fat, or whatever the fuck her name is, crouching tiger their way across the Great Wall until everyone gets COVID-19 and dies. The end. The fatality rates are well above 0.01%. The entire country is devastated. The Frasers are controversially unvaccinated. All the souls of the unbaptized Chinese soldiers go to Christian hell. <laughs> Little Alex impregnates Lin, the now mortal ninja. Their child is born a Yeti. He leaves the hospital armed and dejected. Uh -oh. Mad Dog drinks himself to death mid-flight and crashes the entire Frasier family <laughs> into the Pacific Ocean. As they tread water, slowly sinking and surrounded by hungry sharks, 
A mummy hand rises from the deep, holding the eye of Shangri-La! The cycle continues. We'll see you in the planned but unmade sequel, Mummy 4, Terror from the Deep. And it's the end! Yeah! Fuck this movie. It's we over. It. Oh, my God. This movie sucked. Oh, it's Why? the worst of the Mummy 3 Why? franchise. Why? Why did we pick this fucking movie? You know why. We had to. Because it's the worst of the Mummy franchise. Oh, my God. Of course we had to pick Mummy 3. Of course we we would do this to ourselves. This is my first time watching this movie. I would not recommend this movie to anyone. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't watch this movie if I had a hangover. I love Mummy 1. I love Mummy 2. Mummy 3 was just okay. Oh. I'm just kidding. It was an abomination. It was terrible. It It might be the worst thing that I've ever seen. Oh my god, this was so bad. This is worse than Chud too. But this, this was a hard movie to cover because it was a hard movie to follow. I could not focus on this movie. Really? The plot was so thin and it was so fucking predictable that it was hard to watch. I can't say I, I had a hard time following it. I think it was just not no, too, not a hard honestly, time. It was way too predictable. It. Yeah, I didn't mean a hard time following it. it it's I it, it was I guess it was a hard time paying attention. Because you just knew everything that was going to happen. Sure, uh, it's it was just so fucking predictable. What the acting was bad. The puns were bad. I feel like everybody phoned it in except for uh, what's her nuts. And you have it, it, Jet Li, who they. I feel like Jet Li didn't even do anything to his full potential. He mm-hmm. threw a couple kicks. And that was it. Uh, the fight between him and Brendan Fraser was awful. I feel like it was choreographed by a five-year-old. This movie sucked. There were no tits. It was fucking PG-13. This has been a titless month for Damn That Scary. I am actually, I, I'm not doing okay. I'm looking forward to our, our new theme that we're going to be diving headfirst into. Greg, I give The Mummy 3 two out of five scaries. That's fair. One out of five scaries. No, well, I don't want to be fair anymore. I will I mean, agree with you that uh, Mummy has not been very mammary. No, it has not. And it has mum in the title. It is a detriment to the entire month. Although, I'm going to contradict you on this one, my friend. Huh. I fucking love this movie. Whoa. I love the adventure. I love the story. I love the quips. I love the little sarcastic responses between character to character. I love the action sequences. There was a chariot race through a city full of fireworks. There were armies upon armies. There were turds fighting skeletons. Turds fighting skeletons. There was CGI. There was fire breathing. There was a three-headed fucking dragon, man. How could you not love this movie? This was a tribute to the old Indiana Jones series that I fucking grew up with and loved. Got to be honest, though, about halfway through, it lost me. Yeah. Yeah, the ending sucked. It really got pretty fucking bad. So um, got to give it a reluctant five out of five. Oh, again, unprecedented. Unprecedented. Pretty cool, though. Uh, I can't say I don't recommend it. You know, if you like the other Mummy movies, it's not like this one's going to shock you. This movie is perfect for kids. This is a kid's movie. And adults who like shit. There are adults that like shit. That's true. I would have enjoyed seeing a sequel to this. They did tease it at the end. Yeah, they did. Mummies in space. I like that. 
Yeah, let's get Brendan Fraser on the moon. Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Brendan. Uh, I feel like, like I've been saying his name wrong this entire fucking time. We have. We have. We're Brendan, I know you're listening. You really don't have a whole lot else to do. Um, It'd be nice. I apologize. Next week, I'll apologize to you for this. Okay. Probably. Probably. So, my man, what are yeah. you thinking for next week? What do you think for next month? Are we giving the theme away? Probably should, because I think we're. Uh, this was our final solution Countdown. to mummy month. <laughs> regular that? general sal over here regular general jet lee over here yeah uh okay we are going to be kicking off summer with full moon june it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be a hoot can you guess but what that means anyone could there? it be werewolves or could it be full moon pictures oh, i don't know We'll never tell. Tune in next week to find out. It's going to be something, that's for sure. But in the meantime, why don't you motherfuckers just love each other? Why don't you pieces of shit care for one another? Most importantly, <gasps> keep, keep it, it's spooky. Spooky! That's scary. Oh, you fucking dirty, diseased motherfucker. <laughs> Take your antibiotics before you milk me. Oh, fuck, man. I dropped the ball. They, 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 they okay. Well, fuck. Doing uh, great. Oh, man. I got the munchies like a motherfucker. Woo. That was pretty cool. Hi,